Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Well, uh, as you guys all know, we're on this series. Uh, it's a relationship series, Relation, uh, relational building blocks, we're calling it. And the first week we talked about attraction. Last week, Patsy talked about pursuit. And I was down in Melbourne last week, had a great time there in Melbourne with one of our young Rama graduates that pioneered a church. And then this week is about love. Now, I'm supposed to do some kind of fancy thing with that word, but I can't seem to get it out right. So I'm, I sh- should have, anyway, love. You know, like, it's kind of like the, uh, what's that one movie? Love, true love. Anyway. <laughs> And then, con- and then the next week will be conflict resolution, and then uh, the final week will be on finance. But today, um, we put up on the website, or Facebook, or wherever you look, um, and we put parental guidance up, okay, in case you don't do Facebook. So if, if you have any children and you think that they should go to Children's Church, it would be a good time to take them. And uh, it's not that but bad, but anyway, parental guidance, Okay. So this week, what we're talking about, we're going to focus in on God, the Bible, and sex, okay? So we'll be talking about that, okay? Hey, it was great to be here. Good seeing you guys. See you. (laughs) But uh, when I was growing up, my mother came from Italy when she was 10 years old, and because also the Italians hang together when they go into, you know, when, when immigrants go into other countries, they kind of hang together. Sometimes they don't even learn the language. My family learned how to speak English, though. My dad's parents were born in Italy. Uh, my, my mother kind of spoke funny English because with the Italian language, the way you f- do the phraseology is that you would say, it's beautiful, the car. But in English, we say the car is beautiful. So sometimes my mother talked that way, it's beautiful, the car, you know. And, uh, but but she also, along with that kind of thing, she also had an old way of thinking that came from Italy. And so when I was growing up, my mother made uh, sex out to be like it was dirty and shameful. And, it, and that's, you know, maybe she thought if she did that, it would keep us away from, from it, you know, until we got married. That's maybe her thought. I had six brothers. We had seven boys. You can imagine my poor old mother thinking, how am I going to keep all these guys behaving? Okay, so she made sex look dirty and bad and all that kind of thing. Then Patsy and I, then we were following God and we moved to Sicily to do a Bible school. And the first year we're doing this Bible school in Sicily, one of the married couples, uh, they got, the lady got pregnant. And one of the older ladies in the Bible school, uh, actually a pastor's wife, because she got pregnant, we saw when we were taking a break between classes, they announced that she was pregnant, and then this lady's going, shame on you, you're so bad, you're dirty, and, and there she's slapping the guy, like kidding around, like, you know, like acting like you, you were bad, and I'm thinking, wow, I know where my mother got that from. It's an Italian thing, maybe uh, old-fashioned, but so here's the thing about what God thinks. Today we want to talk about what God thinks about sex. You know, because there's a lot of concepts out there. So we're going to look at things in the Bible. So here's the outline. We're, we're doing three things, mainly. God's purpose and idea for sex. Who, with, and when should I have sex? And then four elements of godly sex. Those, that's our roadmap for the day, okay? So let's talk about the first one. 
uh, today, and that's God's purpose and idea for sex, okay? And let's, before we do that, let's all say this as a congregation, say, God is for sex. God created sex. He's okay with it. All right. So, uh, and that's true. So here's uh, three reasons why God created sex. Uh, and here they are. To consummate um, or complete the marriage. To multiply or populate the earth. And number three, for pleasure and enjoyment within the marital union. So that's really the three reasons uh, that you can find in the Bible, and you just know that that's why God created it. And we're going to talk about some things today along these lines. So here's the first thing we want to do. I want to lay a foundation and say a few other things before. The, the, the number three thing we want to do is talk about four elements of godly sex. But before we do that, we just want to get some truth out there. We're living in a world that's affected by Hollywood and other things, and just uh, we're just living in a different world and I just think when I grew up how it was and political correctness we didn't even know that word when I was growing up and some of you my age would understand that you you know where that word come from and and then there's all kind of things that are being said today so we want to see what the Bible says and get some clarity out of the Bible on these things okay so here's the first thing we want to answer like who with and when should I have sex okay before I give that answer, um, I'm going to take a break. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> no, before I give that answer, I wanted to say this, that, you know, God, and we know this. If you come to our church regularly, you know that we, we teach and preach from the Bible, and you know that God loves all of us the way we are. He died for us when we were sinners. So God loves and accepts all of us as we are, Okay. But we keep saying this at this church, God loved us so much that he sent a son, and why did he send Jesus? So when we're born again, God gets on the inside of us, and he empowers us, and he loves us so much that he wants us to change and become godly. The Bible talks about being godliness and holiness, okay? So we're going to look at some things and see what the Bible says. We're going to let the Bible bring clarity, because there's a lot of gray areas out there today on what is right what's wrong what's okay that kind of a thing okay so here's the first thing we want to answer this is who do we have sex with okay so romans chapter 1 and verse 25 it says they traded the truth about god for a lie so they worship and serve the things god created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise now here's a thought about that any time that any of us start worshiping the things that are created more than the creator it gets things messed up so it's kind of like taking god off the throne and putting even sometimes we can put ourselves on the throne and we are living in that kind of world uh, you know uh the the uh you i just flew down uh, to melbourne last weekend and the stewardess they say thank you for choosing i, f I flew virgin so Thank you for choosing Virgin Air. You know, like they'll say, you've had many choices, but thank you for choosing us. You know, and they, that's the kind of world that we're living in where businesses and they're, you're, they're very thankful if you buy their product and they thank you for choosing their product. And, you know, it can get that way where us people, we think that we have the right to choose and, so, and really 
we only can choose what God allows us to choose. You know, and you don't, we don't want to put ourselves on the throne and take God off the throne because then it becomes all about us and it's no longer about Him. Okay, so that's the situation going on there. They took God off the throne and they put some other things on the throne. Okay, then the next verse, uh, it says, that is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulge in sex with each other. So what we see there, and this is the Bible talking, it's not me or my opinion, and uh, it says that there is a natural way to have sex, but they turned from the natural way and they had sex with each other. So we're answering this question is who? The question is, who do we have sex with? Do ladies have sex with ladies and guys have sex with guys? Well, we're starting to see what the Bible says. So I understand what we're living in an age of, we, uh, there's a lot about the grace of God, but this is still the Bible, and this is the New Testament, and even though we're under grace, God still says this. And then look at the next verse, okay? It says, and, that, and the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burn with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with each other, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. So this is not my opinion, and uh, this, is, this is what the Bible says. It, it talks about these guys, men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, okay? So men with men and women with women, that's not the way God originally intended it to be, okay? The way God made it is he created man, then he took a rib out of man and made a woman, and he made the woman for the man. And so that's what the Bible says, and the Bible is truth, and it brings clarity to us, okay? So that's the answer to the first question, okay? Then another question that we could have is this, when do we have sex? So it's between a man and a woman, so then the answer, uh, or the question is, do we have it before we get married, or do, or do we have it after? What does the Bible say about that? So here uh, is a scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and verse 9. And before, you can take that off there for a second, so you, you guys can listen to this. If, um, I just want you guys to know that I got saved when I was 23, and I wasn't, I was far from a virgin, you know, when I got married, because uh, from the age of 18 to 23, those five years of my life, it was like total rebellion, craziness. And I, so I just want everybody to know that I'm so thankful myself for God's goodness and his grace, and I got saved. And, uh, and, I, and I, like, you know, it's another way you can say it. When I got saved, I'm a, I'm a born-again virgin. I wasn't a virgin in the natural. I was far from it. I, wasn't a, I was, you know, worse than the normal guy, probably. But God is good. And if anybody's sitting here today and you're in a category like that, just understand God is very loving and gracious and He will cleanse us of all of our sins. And every morning we wake up, there's new mercy and, and God is a good God. Okay, so this uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 9, it said, But if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It is better to marry than to burn with lust. So th- this is the scripture. And as I say, we're living in the day that... Uh, uh, and I'm very good friends with uh, a person, that, uh, a minister that teaches on grace, and I know him well, and I know the lifestyle, and it's a very holy lifestyle. 
And a lot of people might listen to that minister and think that minister's saying, well, everything's fine because you're under grace, but if you knew that minister, you know that's not what he is. That's not how he lives. And so even thank God for grace, we, we have to stay with God's word. So God's word said if you can't control yourself, then to go ahead and marry because it says it's better to marry than to burn with lust. So that's the Bible speaking, and that's what God thinks about that, okay? <clears throat> uh, so really that implies, the reason we looked at that scripture, that implies that sex was made for marriage. That's what that implies pretty strongly. Now let's then look at, and let's ask this question then. If you're married, here's a question, how often should sex happen? Okay. <laughs> Amen, brother. No. <laughs> so uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse number 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 3, it says, the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. So basically, each person, man and woman, they have needs, and the Bible clearly says that those needs should be fulfilled. So if it's often to fulfill the needs, so be it, okay? Uh, and, and every person in, could be different, every couple could be different in that way, okay? Now look at this scripture, in verse 5, it says, Do not dis, uh, deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves to, more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So uh, what you see there uh, is it says don't deprive each other of sexual relations, all right? But you can do that if you agree that you want to take extra time and pray. But notice how it says after that, come together again because then Satan won't be able to tempt you and notice what it says there because of the lack of self-control and so really for Christians the best case scenario would be if we all developed a self-control that we could keep our flesh under you know and that might be new terminology for somebody in other words control your sexual desires is a different way to say that that would be the best case scenario uh, and in a marriage, that would be a great thing if the husband and wife could do that. But God, God, you know, there's one scripture that talks about not putting confidence in the flesh. God doesn't put a lot of confidence even in our flesh, so he helps us. And he said, listen, I'm going to help you out because you might not have the self-control you need. So when you're married, you know, make sure you come together so Satan can't get in there and tempt you guys the man going after another lady or the lady going after another man. So the answer to the question is like, uh, how often we should have sex? Well, it's often enough to meet the needs of each other, and that keeps Satan out. It puts up a wall or shuts the door, however you want to say it. It keeps Satan from being able to tempt because there's satisfaction in the sexual relationship, okay? And then here's another uh, question too, like what, what is God's idea of self-control okay so look at what, what it says here in first Thessalonians because uh, as I say we're living in a world that doesn't have clarity right now so first Thessalonians 4 3 it says God's will is for you to be holy so stay away from all sexual sin 
And so the Bible is really clear. This is, uh, this is in the New Testament. This is one of the epistles that Paul wrote. And Paul was a, a wonderful apostle. He, he's the one that brought the grace message. You know, and Paul, by the Holy Ghost, is saying, this is God's will for you to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. Then look at the next verse. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor. So this is that self-control we're talking about for, for even young people. You know, if you have a wonderful relationship with Jesus, it's actually possible through that empowerment of God's grace and him being on the inside of us that you can actually get to, uh, to, get to this place where each of you can control your body. In other words, you keep your flesh under by the power of God. We, we, you can never do this in your own strength. None of us can. It's only the power of God and empowerment that we're able to learn how to have self-control and keep our flesh under. So this is uh, what God is saying. Then look at verse number 5. It says, Not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God in His ways. So like Hollywood makes movies... And with Hollywood's movies, they kind of actually bring a lot of gray and cloudiness uh, into the world. Where they're making a movie like F Friends with Benefits, you know. And so that movie's about like, you know, you don't have to get married. Just find a friend and just have the benefits of that. Like, ha like have sex with your friend, but no strings attached. That kind of a thing. And Hollywood will bring a cloudiness uh, but as Christians, we can't let that cloudiness come on us. And the Bible's clarity, it's truth. The tr you know the truth, and the truth sets you free. So the world, the pagans, they have their way. But as Christians, we should also then know what our way is, okay? So we don't have to live in the lustful passion like the pagans do. We know God, and we know His ways. That's what the Bible's telling us there. So what, what are we saying? What is self-control? What, what does God say that we can do with Him? Well, with Him, we... Uh, his will is to be holy, it says, and to stay away from sexual sin. Okay, so it's possible, all right? Now, um, let's, let's talk about this, okay? Let's um, talk about four elements of godly sex, okay? So this is, a, a, we already have established that sex belongs uh, within a marriage union. So for anybody that is married now, uh, we're, and then you that are someday going to be married, this also is good for everyone It'll, it helps all of us okay so let's talk about the first thing that the bible says here and that's is number one it begins before the bedroom okay so uh, godly sex one of the elements of that is it begins before the bedroom so solomon uh, in the book of song of solomon chapter four notice how he compliments his bride and he honors her in verse one it says, how beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. Your eyes behind your veil are doves. Your hair is like a flock of goats descending from Mount Gilead. Uh, guys, when's the last time you told your girlfriend or wife that? Okay, probably a while. Your teeth are like a flock of sheep just shorn coming up from the washing. Each has its twin not one of them is alone. So that doesn't maybe mean a whole lot to us today, but back in that day, uh, the Jewish ladies, they kept their hair up, I guess, and so it was a special thing when the hair came down, and when the hair came down, it's like, wow, it's like, look at that, you know, your hair's like a flock of goats. In other words, your hair's down and you're looking really good to me. That's what he's saying. And then he says, like, your teeth, 
and he talks about everyone has its twin, not one of them is alone. So what he's, I think he's saying is like, you, know, like you, don't, you have all your teeth, and then coming up from the washing, you know, it's like, it sounds like the, 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 she had good breath too. She must have gargled with Listerine, okay? So what he's doing, he's getting re- really detailed there, and he's, he's, he's saying all these really nice things, okay? So sex and godly sex, it will begin even before you get to the bedroom. And that's something that for us guys, that we, uh, we really need to learn that. And, we, and it's a continual thing, reminding ourselves. I told the story already when Patsy and I got married and we got back from our honeymoon and then somewhere like a month, six weeks later or two months, I don't know where it was, but she said, you haven't told me that you love me for a while. And, and, and I said, you know, well... I do love you. She goes, but you haven't told me. You know, but I thought, I married you. Isn't that, I mean, like, you know, you put the ring on, it's like a commitment. You should know that I love you. But she says, I need to hear it. And I thought, wow, I mean, like, you know, she's this lady that can preach, and she's so, like, so strong. And I wondered even if you needed me, but then you need to hear that I love you. That was like a real revelation, like, didn't, I thought you knew that. It meant something to her, and it really does mean something to the ladies, guys, that when we talk nice and we say I love you and we say tender things, uh, sex starts before the bedroom. So here's a thing, uh, a phrase here, building emotional intimacy before physical intimacy makes much sex better. (laughs) That should be, makes sex much better. (laughs) I, yeah. I messed up when I made that one, but maybe you guys like that. It, it makes much sex much better. Put too much is in there. Okay, but it's it's the whole thing is like building emotional intimacy before physical intimacy. It will make sex much better. Okay. And that, that is something that, uh, that we can really remember about marriage and sex in the marriage. It starts before the bedroom. So late, ladies, you know, there's things that will move a lady that uh, might not necessarily move a man. So like getting the kids ready for bed. And the, the man just says, I'm going to help get the kids ready for bed. And the lady's like saying, wow, like that's like... That's really moving me, like, get them in bed quickly, because let's go to, you know, our bed, you know, and that might mean something to a lady, whereas, you know, it might, that might not move a man, like, it's when your wife walks by with her, you know, panties on or something, whoops, we might need to edit that, or or something like that, Um, that was... Okay, so you, don't, you know what I'm saying there. So what moves a man, the man sees, and, and, but what moves a lady is when she hears a lot of times too. You know, it, it's not just the six-pack that I have, no, that, that I used to, but you know what I'm saying. So anyway, helping with the dishes, okay, and cleaning the house and those kind of things make a difference to a lady. These things also, godly sex and good sex it starts before the bedroom the next thing is is it's passionate okay it's passionate so song four uh chapter four and verse five it says uh 
your two breasts are like two fawns, like twin fawns of a gazelle that browse among the lilies. So that's the Bible, and uh, we're reading from the Bible today. Okay, so if, if you notice that there, it says that uh, two fa- the breasts are like two fawns. Uh, and so it's interesting that fawns, if you're a hunter, you would know that when you're going to hunt, you, you ha- you, there's a way you approach the fawns so you don't scare them, you know. And so you, you, it's gentle, it's gentle and quiet, caring and tender and careful so you don't scare the fawns away. But if you, uh, uh, if you have an abrupt approach, then abruptly approaching the fawns will, cause, will scare them and they're no longer going to be browsing among the lilies. <laughs> So, gentlemen, let's work on our approach because approach matters. (laughs) Okay? Now look at the next verse. (laughs) Until the day breaks and the shadows flee, I will go to the mountain of myrrh and to the hill of incense. So what he's saying there is, uh, remember we talked about the three reasons about God made sex. Well, the third one was for enjoyment and pleasure. Okay, so he's saying right there until the day breaks. So what he's saying, you know, and and I remember when I was young and I used to go to the disco before I was saved and I went to the discotheques and everything. And if you really saw what you thought was like a really nice looking lady, you know, and, and, uh, and so... She's getting nervous, I can tell. She, she's like over there going like, I'll, I'll come over this way. <laughs> but I, you know, had a few drinks because I, I was kind of like timid and quiet and I had to have a few drinks, but get a few drinks of me and then I go up to a lady and say, man, I'd like to take you home all night and spend, you know, be up all night with you. And, you know, that's the way that sometimes guys are when they get a few drinks in them and they're out. But hey, this is the Bible, and this is what God is saying it should be like in marriage, and he's saying like until the day breaks. What is he saying? God is really for sex, and it should be passionate, and he's saying, I want you all night long. That's basically what he's saying. And so what you see there uh, is in the Bible, and and sex God's way is passionate. So, uh, So to sum up where we are so far, uh, Godly lovemaking starts before the bedroom, and godly lovemaking is passionate. And then next, and this is important, the third thing is it requires trust. Okay, it requires trust. So uh, sex God's way is built on trust. So Song of Solomon 4 and verse 7, it says, You are altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. Okay, did I hear an awe somewhere? So any woman would love, to, would love to hear that statement, okay? He's saying, to me, you're absolutely perfect in every single way. And here's the thing. Ladies and men, they, we, both the man and the woman, we, we really need to learn how to respect each other's bodies, okay? So for us, it's really good to never make a negative statement about our spouse's body, under any circumstance, okay? And, and I know sometimes people think, well, that's cheeky, and you know, well, if, if it works, you know, and you can make cheeky jokes about each other and still be good, fine. But, you know, the Bible doesn't show that, but if it works, fine, as I said. So w- when we get married, 
uh, that's really as good as it gets. And what I mean by that is after you get married, gravity begins to take over and the shape of things can change. Okay, it, it can happen. All right, so everyone, we can all feel insecure about something. And so here's the thought now, according to what we see here in the Bible, and we see that you can show respect to your spouse and to your body's, uh, your, the body of your spouse. There isn't really any more of an intimate thing that when two people take their clothes off and they are in front of each other, okay? And so he's saying, I don't see any flaw in you. The Genesis says they were naked and they were not ashamed, okay? So at the most intimate moment, there needs to be trust. And that's what we see here in these scriptures. So it's important that then if in a marriage relationship that when people are naked, they're not only not ashamed, but they're also not afraid of criticism. And that's what we see here in the Bible, okay? So ladies... Uh, their emotional needs and that's what all this help it helps the meet the emotional needs of a lady and they're just as important as the physical needs of a man and that's what we see here in the word and so that uh, that keeps trust in the relationship okay the man uh, honoring and complimenting the lady is important but then also for ladies it's important for the lady to be available for the man, okay? And, uh, and, that, and that sometimes takes effort. After, you know, you're married, you understand that you, there, there needs to be an effort sometimes to make each other available to each other, okay? So let's just sum up where we are, that in a marriage and good sex relationship, God's way, that it starts before the bedroom. It's very passionate and there's absolute trust. And then lastly today, uh, the fourth thing is that it's holy, okay? It's holy. So you already heard my story on how I grew up in, in my, uh, my family and the Italians. They made it seem like it wasn't holy. But then there's other things too that uh, without God, sex would be just a feeling. It's just a feeling. It feels good. And actually, God made it to be feel, a feeling and feel good. So that's okay, but if it's only that, it's even more than that. It's, it's holy, okay? So I, as I said, I wasn't a virgin before I got married. And uh, there's a lot of men and women in that category. They're not virgins before they get married. As I said, Hollywood lasts at the concept of waiting until that. But here's, uh, here's the thing. It's not too late because of God. He's merciful. And He wants our future days to be in holiness uh, even if our previous days were not that way. So God is good. So your previous days are under the blood, and we're talking about our future days now. So look at this verse, verse 12. It says, You are a garden locked up, my sister, my bride. You are a spring enclosed, a sealed fountain. Your plants are an orchard of pomegranates with choice fruits. So notice uh, the word locked up and sealed, and uh, you think about this, a garden, and the fact that those are the, uh, the chosen illustrations and words here. So when you plant a garden, of course, you know the garden, every, every fruit needs to be harvested, okay? So notice there that the garden is locked up, okay? And 
notice the fountain is sealed. Then we pick up in verse number 15, and it says, You are a garden fountain, a well of flowing water streaming down from Lebanon. Awake, north wind, and come south wind. Blow on my garden, that is, its fragrance may spread abroad. Let my lover come into his garden and taste its choice fruits. Okay? So he's, you know, if you put this in simple terminology, he has what she wants, and that's, you know, the garden there. Uh, or he, he has the fountain, I mean, and she has the garden. Uh, but notice this. She says, let my lover come and taste. So there, we could say it this way. They're being awakened in the right season, and she invites him and says, it's your garden. Okay, that's what you see there. So sex is holy after marriage, and her body becomes his, and it's his garden and her fountain. And that's what we see there. And you notice how they awaken at the right time, and in that time that they awaken, she invites him, okay, in. So godly sex, as, as you see there, the way that God intended it to be, uh, it's in the marriage relationship. Now, as I said, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't qualify for that myself, but by the goodness and grace of God, uh, God's cleansing blood, it all worked out really good for me, and I know that anybody in the category that maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking, well, I wasn't in that category. That's okay because, uh, because of the blood of Jesus and his cleansing blood. But what, what we want to see in this, uh, there's a picture that, you, you know, if you watch TV and you watch those crime movies, and they'll show in the crime movie um, like somebody that's a rapist and how rough they are and how they'll just jump on a lady and how they'll, you know, like... Sometimes, you know, like in a short amount of time, they finish and they just walk out. Fortunately, if the lady's not killed, but sometimes the rapist will kill the lady. But it's all about the man and about his needs that drove him to raping somebody. And, and I understand that sometimes there's background issues that cause somebody to turn out that way. And, it, and sometimes it's not 100% their fault. I understand all that stuff. But my point is, it was all about the man and, and how he took away that lady's possibly took away the, that lady's virginity, okay? And so virginity can be given away or it can be taken away. But even if uh, anybody would be in that category today, if it was taken, God is good and God heals. If it was given, God is good and God's a cleansing God, okay? So we, we don't want anybody to leave here today with any kind of uh, guilt or shame, but we do want to stay with what the Bible says. In the Bible, uh, what you see there is if you're single, God would be very much, according to what He says there, He would want you to wait, okay? And then if you're already married and you didn't wait, you just have to know that from, from this time forward, all of us, we can, what we see right there in the Bible, we can have better marriages and better sex in our marriages by what we learn there okay so it's it's not about what happened yesterday or last night it's about right now the cleansing blood of jesus and then seeing what the bible says and knowing that we can now go this direction okay so let's pray today father i thank you 
for godly sex that begins in the bedroom, passionate sex, trusting sex, and holy sex, Lord. And I pray, Father, for everyone here today, Lord, no matter what category, if anybody would have any kind of guilt today or regret, like we didn't do it this way or this didn't happen this way for me, Father, I thank You for Your goodness. I thank You, Father, for Your cleansing blood. Father, we thank You that the Bible is truth and the Bible is a standard. And the Bible helps us in every area of life. And Father, I, I pray that the things that were said today would help and bless everybody on every level, in every category. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.